Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at an incredible victory for England over India in the semi final of the T20 World Cup. It will be England, it will be Pakistan, it will be the uh, MCG on Sunday. And uh, what a performance to look back on. I'm sure there won't be too many India cricket fans tuning into this, but plenty of English ones. You're listening to the following on podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you no doubt know by now, England have not only beaten India in the semi-final of the T20 World Cup, they have doled out the mother of all thrashings. That makes me sound a bit like Andrew McKenna, uh, but I will continue. Ten wicket win over India after <laughs> India had made 168 for six. Uh, they were just blown away. Brilliance from Butler, brilliance from Hales, and uh, an all-round decent bowling display as well. And I'm going to put it to Steve Harmison that I think the luck fortune went the way of India as well. So uh, a brilliant, brilliant display from England and plenty to get uh, our teeth stuck into here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. Well, Harmy, I tell you what, we were communicating throughout the match with me, me, you, um, Neil Manthorpe and producer of the Cricket Collective, Scott Taylor. And... I think up until about the 16th, 17th over stage, I felt England were, I think England were in it. I didn't feel particularly stressed. Then Hardik Pandya hit Sam Curran for 20 from the 19th over. And I think we all felt that maybe 160 was chaseable. Um, The target of 169 was gettable. And certainly you were of the opinion that if England reached 70 um, just one or two wickets down at the power play. The game was there to be won. But boy, oh boy, um, England could have chased down 240, is what you've just said to me off air. And the way they went about the India bowling, it wasn't chancy cricket at any stage. And towards the end, they were just toying with the, the India bowlers who seemed to give up the ghost at about 11 overs in. But to beat India by 10 wickets, uh, what a statement that is. And what a performance from England. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, I actually said if England 
were England needed 70 off six to six uh, six overs to go with six or seven wickets in hand they can they can win this game chasing 170 um you mentioned going all Andrew McKenna I feel like going all Jason Cundy here I really <laughs> do I really feel like going it because we've had we've had so many bad times against India in recent past and we've had it rammed down our throat. Um, we've had so much heartache. Other than Strauss's team in Australia, we've had a nightmare in uh, over in Australia for the last sort of thirty odd years. Um, so to to see Joss and, and Alex Hills go about the way they did was just phenomenal. But it was set up by the bowlers. It really was. And I'm biased because obviously, as a former bowler myself, I thought in the power play, England were excellent. I thought the little fella Adil Rashid was unbelievable. We, a lot of talk was about the pitch, playing on a used pitch against um, a team who are who are so good at playing spin. Um, for Adil Rashid to bowl four overs for 20 and get Suri Yadav out, probably the best player in world 2020 at the moment. I think there's a lot of, there was a lot of question marks on Adil at, throughout this tournament about not taking wickets. But he, he just he just does a job for his team so so well. But the the end outcome when it looks at it, Harsha Bogle said something brilliant. I thought, and it was it's spot on on commentary. He says this is like two boxers from different weight categories having a go at each other, and it's and it, it was like a heavyweight fighting a featherweight. It really was, and I thought the way Heels and Butler went about their job. Great first over from from Joss. Joss was normally the one that goes more sort of conservative in the the first the, the first sort of throws of his innings, and it lets Alex go hard, and then Joss catches up. Joss hit Joss hit thirteen off the first over, and I thought just set the tone for him to go on to to play the innings he has done. Look, one hundred and seventy, one hundred and seventy was par score throughout this tournament. But pass scores and semi-finals don't count because you're effectively two of the best sides, or four of the best sides in the competition going head-to-head. Pass score is over the group stages. For me, when you talk about pass scores, when you get to the knockout stages, the only other thing that comes into it is pressure, which could have an adverse effect around the, the, the pass score. But if you've got to the semi-final, it means you're both sides are going well and both sides are playing well then pass scores for me go out the window. And Adelaide, you can chase anything. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you with Butler. I have the feeling as well that he went out, walked out onto the field and he thought, right, this is on me, this one. That first over coming up against Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who's had his number in the IPL and in um, playing for England against India. Kumar is almost like his bogey, bogeyman. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes I watch cricket and I, I do, you know, you, you hear good shot for none. Or, you know, a, a, a batter picks out a cover fielder with two, you know, really nicely played shots. Those two shots from Butler in the first four balls, I think it was, that just evaded Surya Kumayada for a cover point. It's just those little things, you know, a yard or two to towards the fielder, he cuts them off, you know, and I and you just wonder, you just wonder. And it's silly to talk about such minute moments, but you just wonder at the end of that first over, Butler's frustrated because he's hit two good balls straight to a fielder. England are, you know, four without loss or whatever. And you just don't know. But I think that the the tone was set in that first over. It really was. Um, and from that point onwards, England were going at 10 and over with minimum risk, with risk-free cricket. 
Let's talk about the bowling though. Before you before you carry on there, I just want to put yeah, continue with the point you've made. Second ball of the game, Rishabh Pant waves over and gets a helmet. So he's he's waving to the Indian dressing room to get the helmet to stand up to an opening bowler in a World 2020 final. That for me sends a message to the rest of the group to go. I don't fancy Bhuvanesh Kumar here against Josh Butler. You're, you're, well, a senior player in Rishabh Pant sends a message to the rest of his team by getting the helmet and standing up the wicket against Joss Butler. He's basically saying, I do not fancy you against uh, uh, against Joss Butler here. With the, the boundary square, he's going to come out of his crease, so I'm going to come up to the crease to try and protect and help you. That's the sec- that's, that's from the second ball of the contest. If I was Josh Butler there, I'm going, oh, me, Chesco, and six. No, he, he doesn't fancy me here. You know, Rishabh Pant doesn't fancy Bhumanesh Kumar against me here because he's trying to get me to stay in my crease. He's straight away, Kumar's then going to just change his length a little bit because he doesn't want that big boom and away swinger to be nicked and all of a sudden it goes past because goes past, goes towards sort of slip area because my wicketkeeper's standing up. So I have to drag my length back a little bit. And he drags his length back a bit. And Joss belts him sort of, not quite off the back foot, but he belts him for four. And there's a message sent there straight away to the to the fielding unit that our wicketkeeper doesn't fancy our opening bowler. And Joss, I think Joss capitalised on that very, very moment. And that was second ball again. With hindsight, how do you rate Virat Kohli's innings? He hit 50, but at times he went just slightly better than a runner ball. But at times I was just watching him thinking, I can just imagine how the New Zealand uh, fans back home would be reacting if Kane Williamson was going at exactly the same tempo he was. Good score, but, you know, you made at the, right at the top of the show, you said talking about India forcing things. Kohli hmm. playing within himself? Yeah, I think I think when you lose a wicket early and, you know, Kira will pat a few back, then gets himself out. Um Row it twenty-seven off twenty-eight. So there's a message there in the in the in the um in between overs or as they're punching gloves walking past between their two senior players, Rowett Sharma and, and Virat Kohli. The two of them are talking probably about what's a good score on the surface, because you've got to remember Rowett Sharma batted twenty-eight balls. You know, he was out in the ninth, one ball short of the ninth over. So Virat goes in on just what, halfway through the second over. So they've been batting for six overs. So they've got a score in mind. They have to. And is their score in mind 170? If we get 170, if we set a platform, Hartek comes in or one of the back end comes in, Surikuma gets stuck in and, get, and, and goes. If we get a score of 170, 180, is that a winning score? I'm sure that was probably the conversation that goes in there. The other thing that Virat did, didn't, didn't do just turn his 50 into 75 off 45 balls, a bit like what Joss did earlier in the in the in this the, the, the competition. I can't remember who it was against, but Joss went 30 off 30 and then got 75 off of 43 balls. Kim Williamson got some stick for going at a runner ball. David Milan gets stick for going at a runner ball. Virat Kohli gets away with it. Um, I just think the red. I honestly think the red the situation completely wrong. I'm not saying. They would have gotten a score that England would have beat, uh, wouldn't have beaten because of the way England would have got out there. But 
I just think between Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma, they thought 170, scoreboard pressure, semi-final World Cup, playing against India would be enough to win the game. And I think they got it horribly wrong. It was against New Zealand that Butler scored 73. Um, yeah. <clears throat> at the halfway stage, 169 for six, 168 for six, India. And I tw- I text to you, I don't really have a problem with that score when you consider England were without Archer, Wood and Topley. You know, you could argue all three bowlers, certainly two of the three would have played today if all three fit. Uh, Curran, Curran kind of went for the kind of runs that we feared at the start of the tournament, but he still had a really, really good tournament. Jordan under really tricky to come in and bowl your first four overs of the tournament. Um, I thought he did. He did well. I mean, there was a couple. There was probably four deliveries in the twenty-four, which weren't really what what England were asking for. But all in all, you, you, well, they did play the, the perfect game with the bat. But you can't ask for the perfect game with the ball with a team that is shorn of three first start three starters and coming up against a, a quality team. But for me. The big performance in that bowling attack came the way of Adil Rashid. It was good fun. It was good, good fun. Good viewing. Good viewing. But, you know, one more game to go. So hopefully if it was like a stick to our way, stick to the way we do, stick to our abilities and stuff, hopefully we can get through the line. Yeah, he was he was magnificent. He, he has been throughout this tournament. He just hasn't got the wicket column and... The person that's benefited this, and this is why he was a big loss, Mark Wood. Mark Wood didn't play today, and there'll be a question mark if he's fit for Sunday. I think he's got a play, and how you get him in the team, I've got no idea whatsoever. But I think the one that's benefited from Adil Rashid in the the early part of the tournament was Mark Wood. He got two wickets in every game, and and three wickets in a couple of games. And the reason why was because... I think on the surfaces and the way a lot of teams around the world played Adil Rashid, played Adil Rashid a bit like the player Rashid Khan. It was like, we can't go after this guy because he'll it will lose three wickets. And if we lose three wickets again in his four overs, we've got, got no chance of winning. But actually what they were doing were putting themselves under more pressure and then having to go after the 95-mile-an-hour bowler. And Mark Wood benefited from the way Rashid is bowled. And that's why Rashid... There's a lot of people question Mark. He didn't get the wickets in the early part of the tournament. He did his job for the team and he did it again today. Uh, to bowl four overs for 20 with a boundary 65 metres either side, square against India in a semi-final, that's frightening. It is. And he, he was he was absolutely, he's been brilliant in the last last couple of games. Um, and and of- he picked up, a key wicket of Surya Kumayadav. And he and, and when you but, but when you look at the assessor bowling unit, you know, Ben bowled a decent first over. Wokes got a, a wicket, he got Wokes got the wicket of um of Keir Rahul. I thought Chris Jordan was absolutely magnificent. He hasn't bowled in a competitive game, I think, since August. And to be given three overs at the death by your captain in a semi-final of a World Cup. Uh, hats off to you, Chris. You were absolutely brilliant. And for me, yes, you went for... And this is why I was talking about the balance of the side. And I've talked about the balance of the side for for a couple of games now. And why I wanted Jordan in the team, especially at Adelaide, is because of what, what he did tonight. And there was a couple of times he dragged his length a little bit and he got punished sideways. But he bowls brilliantly down the ground. And I thought he's... I thought he's calmness under pressure. 
He got hit for two sixes, first two balls with Nova of Hartek Pandya. And I'm going, you've not bowled since August. You're going to be given three at the end of the over. You're going two sixes off two balls. I had, I honestly was thinking Stuart Broad. I well, was thinking, you were the I only thinking, one because the ICC I think World Stuart Feed, Broad. the World TV Be- feeds were thinking exactly the exactly same because they started the playing yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh no, here we go. Durban's coming back again. Oh, Kept I come on where I was Durban, I think it was. I'm thinking, oh no, here we go again. Um, but he held his nerve, he bowled a beautiful Yorker, wide Yorker, and then he bowled a one just sort of angling towards leg stump. I think he went for about four runs after that in the last four balls. And that's why I think that's why England thinks so much of Chris Jordan. So I thought he was brilliant. And Sam, Sam's gonna Sam's had a great tournament and mm, brilliant experience tournament. he had tonight playing on different dimensions of ground. I think England, I thought England bowled very, very well um, to to keep India down. I keep saying this, to keep India down to a par score, par score in a semi-final. When you say a par score for the tournament, it's not a par score for the semi-final because for me, you know, the, the cream normally comes to the top in knockout stages because that's why they're in the semi-final in the first place. So I thought England's bowling unit did very, very well. What... Well- if anything, will they be slightly concerned about? Because two of the last three performances, I think, have been worthy of winning a final. I think the way that England closed out victory against New Zealand, you know, that was a knockout game. You know, England essentially knew they had four knockout games. They've won three of them. They were brilliant against New Zealand. Very nervy against Sri Lanka. And then they've been perfect today, almost. Mm. But going to that final on Sunday... I imagine that they would probably prefer to play on the bigger field, uh, the bigger pitch at, at Melbourne, pro- possibly. Um, I don't think this pitch was quite what we expected today. It wasn't didn't favour India anywhere near as much as maybe people had feared from an English perspective. But that middle order is still not really come to the party in the tournament so far, has it? They've still got a little bit of a problem about the bowling and, as in, do they bring Wood back in? And there's also a feeling that England have have outperformed with the ball, I think. I think they've gone way beyond what we expected from them at the start of the tournament with the ball. They've certainly done that with first with the opening partnership with uh, Butler and Hales. But I suppose if you're Pakistani, you're thinking, you know, we've been here before with England, Champions Trophy semi-final. We just yeah. played a narrow series, um, 4-3 in favour of England in Pakistan. And I suppose they'll be thinking like we will be thinking about them. You get one of the two openers out early and start to apply the squeeze in the middle and get the spinners involved. Maybe England won't be quite as uh, as perfect on Sunday as they were today. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. And I think both sides are similar in that respect, John, I think. I think if you look at the Pakistan side, you think you get two wickets in a power play. I've got, I've got, and I said this, I said this on the collective the other day, and I've got a horrible feeling that, and I said it was India or it was going to be England. I've got a horrible feeling that Pakistan, the, the, the final could be the worst game of the tournament. Because if you knock, if you knock Pakistan's two openers over in the power play, Pakistan, I think, then, uh, then have a real struggle. I think Pakistan will have to, I think both teams will want to chase. I think, That'll be a given. I think both sides, as well as India in this game, I think they're, they're better sides when the game's in front of them and they know what they have to do. 
Um, I think Baba Azam is like that. I think Rizwan's like that. I think Butler's like that. I think Heels plays in natural game anyway. I just, from a final point of view and a neutral final point of view, I possibly think this could be the worst final, worst game of the tournament because I think if if, if Pakistan lose their first, their two openers in the first six overs, then they might not get a, they might they might not get a competitive score. And I think England, very very similar. England have had areas in the middle of the middle 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 order that haven't really haven't really fired. Yeah, you know, haven't really come to the party. It's been all about somebody at the top going hard. So from that aspect, I just hope that it is a good final. From the England's point of view, I again I'd still I'd be still tempted to have a look at the balance of my side because I'd want Mark Wood against an Asian team. I'd want Mark Wood to play, especially against Pakistan, because he's had success against Pakistan on slower, um, more um, plastic wickets. This one at the MCG will have a little bit more in it. Um, I'd want him in my side. If I could if I could sort of if I could get him in my side, I'd be really tempted and not playing Phil Salt. Um, the other question marks that England have got, can you change a side that's just won by 10 wickets in a semi-final? I think you can, because the same frailties that we've talked about there didn't really come into play in this game, which was the middle order, bat and depth. All these question marks will be with Matthew Martin and Josh Butler. Um, the one thing that I, I will say as well that you can throw into the mix, the weather forecast from Melbourne over the, over the weekend is horrendous. Yes. And yeah. Sunday and Mondays could be it could be well we could be going into Monday and that would be a yeah that would be a dance good as well so I think oh that's the negatives and they're all doom and gloom um, the positive would be Babar Azam, Mohammed Rizwan, Joss Butler and Alex Hills go and put on a show and a party and hopefully it'll be a six hitting competition on a big ground but we'll wait and see but for me I think England have to go hard early. And take a lot of take more risks than they have done in the power play with the ball, with a view that they will they will get rewarded in the last five overs if England take wickets in the first five. If they don't take wickets in the first five, the custom as the game goes on, and I think that's the most important thing for me when I'd be thinking about my game plan and team selection and what I try and do for the final. If you were to give England the. Uh the pick of their opposition in a final of a T20 World Cup. You gave them the option of New Zealand, Pakistan, India or Australia. Which one would they pick? India would play Pakistan. Um, I think I'd be thinking New Zealand's due. We beat them, the hours, and yeah. we, we are due to fall against New Zealand. So I'd rather that be in a bilateral series and not in front of 90,000 people at the MCG. I think the occasion of final home final for Australia would be something I would want to body swerve. I wouldn't want to play India in a final. I've much much said I'd rather play India in a semi final, um, because big players come, and unfortunately the Indian players didn't stand out. So for me, if there was a team you wanted to play in the final, I think England would have took Pakistan. I think India would have took Pakistan. 
Australia would have took Pakistan. New Zealand would have took <laughs> Pakistan. Um, you've got to remember, Pakistan Pakistan were, were booking flights home less than a week ago. You know, they came off the field and they were waiting on South Africa, the, the South Africa game. They were going home. Well, they had, uh, they're they were, saying, it's shades of 1992, isn't it? It is shades of 92. And what happened with Imran a couple of weeks ago, uh, a week ago, um, England going to Pakistan for the first time in 17 years. And then... And they're going back going, then. Going then, back there next week. A couple of weeks. It's just... It, you just... Yeah, if if that's the way the script is written, that's the way it's written. Um, but hopefully England get... I think... I think England have got a better... England have got a better chance now to win a tournament sitting two days before a final than they had for me when they were in 2019, sitting two days before the play in New Zealand, and even that was at Lords. I think this is a. I think the New Zealand side that played against England in 2019, possibly a better side than Pakistan, are in 2020 cricket, um, sitting 48 hours, 72 hours before the final. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Okay, last one for you. India haven't competed in a T20 World Cup final since 2014, and that, of course, will go on now to 2025 at least. Um, Although, admittedly, there has only been three of them, including this tournament since then. And they haven't played in a... And they lost that that match in 2014 to Sri Mm. Lanka. They haven't won it since 2007. And they haven't played in a 50-over World Cup since 2011 when they beat Sri Lanka in India. 
Why is that? Or is it just one of those things? I'd like to say it's one of them things. Um, the one in 2007, probably the best team, the 50 over one. And I, I'm still of the believer. I'm still of the opinion that if India hadn't, if India hadn't won in 2011, 50 over World Cup, we wouldn't be playing 50 over cricket now. I think, I think because of the IPL in T20 cricket, I think India winning the World Cup in 2011, 50 overs, continued 50 over cricket for, for till now and keeps going because I think they're still trying to find a way of making that redundant, the, the 50 over competition. They get to a, I could boil down to the fact that India has been a, a group of individuals for a number of years. I think they've got better as being, you know, being in a team and being a collective unit, but I still think they're a bunch of, bunch of individuals playing as a team. And I listened to Rohit Sharma at the end of the game, and he was very, very quick. He was talking about he, – he, he didn't talk about we, he talked about them. He talked about their. They didn't perform with the ball. You know, I didn't say we didn't perform with the ball. We didn't go well in the field. You know, we didn't have our game plan right. So he, he sort of said there, them. There was that's an indication from my captain. If I'm sitting in a dressing room, going, "Hold on, captain," you know, you set the game plans. You, you, we're all in this together. You've gone and thrown us under the bus here. You, know, you didn't get. You got 27 off 28 balls. 28 or 27 balls. You know, we've got someone that's got 50 or 40 balls. We've just been beat by 10 wickets because these two have just got 80-odd of, of 40, 45 balls. So I just got a sense in that in that um, interview after the game with Harsha Bogle that Rohit Sharma was detracting himself as captain of all responsibility whatsoever of how that performance is just. And I think that's the problem with Indian cricket for the last... 10, 12, 14 years, whatever it is, since they've, since they've won anything. Because the only thing that they have is it's very much an individual basis bias in, in, in India about their cricket, about who gets deals, who gets the most money, and they are the seniority. Um, and if somebody doesn't perform, they get thrown under the bus. But the bowlers got thrown under the bus there tonight by a captain who just detracted himself of all blame. So that, for me is probably part of why India haven't won anything when it comes to semi-final and finals for a few years now, because you're not playing as a group, as a team, you're playing as a bunch of individuals. And what I mean by that is Virat Kohli, if he's not if he's not scoring the runs he needs to score quickly enough, he moves over and somebody else comes in and tries to, you know, take the baton on and go for it. You know, Richard Pant comes in. Sacrificed himself to be fair, Richard Pank, good on him. But it was this game in isolation, India were just beaten by the better team. But I think as a tournament whole and tournaments in the past, I think India have are very, very much an, an individual group playing as a team, where you look at other teams around the world, they're very much a team. Um, and that are trying to get an individual to stand up and win the game for it for their for their side, and I think that's that's part of India's problem, and I don't think that will ever change. Well, twenty twenty three World Cup, fifty over World Cup, England are the holders, and it will be uh, played in India. So uh, it's a, a tournament where reputations are made, and 
Well, just whisper it quietly. There may still be some reputations that to be created from the likes of Rohit Sharma or Virat Kohli um, after uh, after that today. Anyway, uh, Harmi, thanks for your time, eighteen. We will be back on Sunday or maybe Monday, <laughs> depending on when the final <laughs> actually takes place. It's Pakistan. It's England. It's the final of the T20 World Cup in 2023. It will be at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. And uh, we will be back following the action here on the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 